Hey everyone, welcome to the Advocate Like a Mother podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Ashley. We are here to educate, empower, and inspire you to be the best advocate for your child. Today we're going to be discussing inclusive playgrounds, a universal playground where no one is left on the sidelines. Stick around. Inclusive playground is a playground accessible to wheelchairs, canes, walkers, sensory challenge, deafness, and blindness. I have been researching endlessly for stats on the internet on how many inclusive parks are in the United States, and there's no research, and which means there's no statistics. And that for me is a huge issue. Yeah. Having a child um, that needs accessibility to right. playgrounds. Um, for me personally, I feel like uh, accessibility in playgrounds is super important. Kids need to play together. Yes. Um, I feel like it's a huge part of your childhood to be friends with every kind of kid. Kids with disabilities, kids not with disabilities, kids with canes, kids with walkers. We need to open up the community and show that this is a typical thing that we do, that we all play together. Yes. And I feel like these playgrounds bring us all together to play together um accessibility is not enough for us personally um because getting writer actually on to a playground is something that doesn't really happen often as you know rebecca with child in a wheelchair <laughs> playgrounds don't really work for us swings don't work slides don't work Nothing works. It's very frustrating and it's kind of disheartening as a mother because I want my child to be out there playing with other children. I want my child to enjoy the park just as other children do. Um, the ADA, the American Disability Act, uh, has made play areas and parks accessible to all children, but this doesn't necessarily mean they're all built that way, which kind of, I feel like the law is just kind of half and half because the law says that they need to be built this way. But unfortunately, there's not a lot of parks that focus solely on inclusiveness. Like their wheelchair can get there on the sidewalk. Right. And that's but about you, it. Yes. But how is that fair? Right. It's not. not. Fair. Right. <clears throat> um, so as parents, advocates, I feel we are making the change. We are asking for the landscaping to be changed. We're requiring them to include this equipment for our children to play. We are making this change, and I feel like it's amazing. Rebecca is a huge um, inspiration for me on this, uh, watching that playground get built from the ground up for her sweet little girl and all of her sweet little friends in their area is just something that is remarkable. Um, I know that the inclusive playgrounds are at such a higher cost than what a typically functioning playground would be, but the price that's worth it to see all of these children playing together, it just, that the, uh, the cost of everything it doesn't even matter at that point. Just to see your children interact with other kids and see the smiles on their faces, that's worth it. Definitely. Well, we're so excited to have our guest, Rebecca Kuntz, with us today. Rebecca has a daughter named Ellie who has cerebral palsy, epilepsy, and microcephaly. Um, we're going to hear from her right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, everyone. I wanted to come on and tell you guys about a nonprofit organization called Delivering Fancy. 
Delivering Fancy was started by Katie Rice, an adoptive mama who understands the struggle of all things special needs. Delivering Fancy creates care packages for moms who have a child with special needs. These boxes are packaged with amazing gifts. Some items are generously donated by business owners and companies. The boxes are valued around $150 each. The boxes are chosen for moms who have been nominated by their peers. To nominate a mom or to donate, please visit DeliveringFancy.com. Hi, Rebecca. We're so excited to have you join us. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and Ellie? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on today to talk about inclusive play and our very, very, very special inclusive playground that we have built, as well as the cutest kid on the planet, which is my daughter, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> she is five and a half, and she has a bright yellow wheelchair that she picked out independently. You really can't miss her in any crowd. <laughs> Um, and she's adopted from Ghana, West Africa, and she uses a wheelchair for mobility, but also is able to walk if somebody is holding her hands. So she's kind of a, an intermix of a kid. Um, and her favorite things right now are penguins. She goes to the zoo and visits her penguins, which she has names for all of them. Um, I love it. Secondary to that, she <laughs> loves meeting new friends on the playground and singing Moana and riding her horse named Pepper in hippotherapy. So tell us about this inclusive park. Um, how did you get involved with this project? So I heard about this park through a Facebook post about three or four months ago. And the this park district is located a couple of towns over, so it's not, not exactly where we live. But somebody had directed me to this park district post talking about this inclusive playground that they were building. And I was really intrigued because... I thought that maybe it was just a playground that had, you know, was flat and a wheelchair could move around it. But then once I saw the post and I saw the design of it, no, it was completely inclusive in every single feature of it. So at the point that I had joined onto the project, they were already almost halfway done building the playground. So okay. um, they had already designed it and I kind of came out in the end. Um, when they were in the middle of constructing it. So this playground, it was built by a park district and it, in total, it's $1 million for everything. Oh my goodness. So the park district boldly decided to put forth the $1 million to build it and is now wow. going to fundraise back that $1 million over the next probably 10 to 20 years. That's so great. I'm helping them connect them with some people who can help then fund it and potentially expand it past that. So wow. Yes, our next big thing is to open an inclusive splash pad. <gasps> oh my gosh, yes. Which would be <laughs> really so cool. really cool. So I kind of came on in the end of it, but um once I saw it being built, I realized that there were parts of it that were not quite accessible to wheelchairs fully, so they ended up changing some of the plans as it was being built. Wow. So Ellie is the the first kid who went on the playground um, kind of in the different stages of it in a wheelchair. And then I could give them feedback to say, you know, this isn't wide enough or these plants should be moved over two feet or, you know, this little bump could cause Ellie to, you know, fall off or right. um, a kid in a walker might trip over this. So they were totally open to my suggestions on how to make it more accessible for all the different great. types of kids. 
I love that you're helping Ellie pave the way for all of her other friends. This just blows my mind at how incredible you are. So tell us a little bit about the park. Um, tell us about its features. One of the biggest features that the park district as well as I wanted to include with this park was safety because there are a lot of children out there who are runners or who find yeah. escape routes or um, yeah, who just, you know, don't want to be confined. Um, this is Harper. Like, yeah, <laughs> like Harper. Um, yes. So we really wanted to create a park where the parents can kind of let their guard down in a sense. Oh, I love that. And know that their child is safely enclosed. So every side of the park, it's fully enclosed in a six foot fence, um, oh as well goodness. as the entrance. Awesome. So wow. there's three exits, but well, there's two exits and one entrance. So the two exits are so if we had to, if somebody had to call 911, that there's, they can unlock it from the inside so that they could get access into the park in an emergency. But then there is a special lock and handle that I've never seen any kid be able to figure out. I, as an adult, can barely figure it out. So I know that no kid could fiddle with it. Um, and then the entrance is is blocked off. So in the the opening is really high up, so a little kid wouldn't be able to reach to open. Um, so safety was one of our biggest things um, for the enclosure as well as the ground. So the entire park is made of something called pour and play, which is like a foamy, squishy surface. It's yes. I think it's ground up tires. Um, and so it's completely flat through the entire playground. So if a kid has is walking but might stumble, um, mm -hmm. they aren't able to trip on anything. And if they do fall, their head is not going to hit the concrete. They're going to hit a flat, right. um, a squishy surface that they almost kind of bounce back off of. <laughs> so safety was our biggest concern with those two. Um, my favorite feature is the double zip line. So yes, girl. The zip line is two so zip rad. Lines that are, they're right next to each other. So one of them has a, like a little saucer seat like normal. And then the other one is a completely high backed rounded um, plastic chair. It kind of looks like a swing. So they, we designed that so that two kids could zip line together. So Ellie and her maybe able-bodied peer could zip line together and play together. So every aspect of the park has the ability for a child in a wheelchair or a walker or a kid with a disability to play right alongside their peers with no barriers whatsoever. That's great. Wow. So the zip line is really cool. Um, another cool feature is the roller slide that I don't understand the mechanics behind it, but it's specifically created to not have any static. So children with cochlear implants or other hearing devices, when they go down the slide, they won't have any feedback in their ears. Um, That's great. So wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. It doesn't create static and I don't know. I don't know how it works, but that is super cool. Um, Ellie yeah. loves to go down that. Um, the other, the other slide that's on the park is a special one that helps create, um, it helps send vibrations down the kid's legs. So um, on it, there's a bunch of grooves. And if you have a kid go down it, they can feel almost like, like pins and needles all the way down their legs. So this slide was made for kids who have maybe lower body paralysis or a kid like Ellie who has CP who wants to, and needs kind of a, motion to help like stimulate her leg muscles so that slide is really cool to go down 
Um, and if I go down it as an adult, I can feel my whole body body vibrating. <laughs> I was which just is really about to awesome. ask you that question. If you've ever played on any of this equipment yourself, being an able body mom with your daughter, do you like to play on it as well? I think it's super fun. Um, Ellie loves to, if I have somebody with me, Ellie will sit on, sit in the zip line and I'll go on the zip line right next to her, which is really fun. Um, another part of this park that um, they wanted to create it for was nowadays there are a lot of grandparents raising their grandchildren. And so they also wanted to make it inclusive and accessible for that as well. So it's not just for kids with disabilities, but for all ages and all ability levels. I love that. That is so incredible. And so the, um, was there a picture of this? I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering, but it said a universal playground where no one is left on the sidelines. Is that like a sign at the park? Right when you enter the park, um, they're calling the park, the sandlot. And then underneath it, their tagline is play with heart. And Mm. right as you're going through the front entrance, there is that sign and has the slogan that you just mentioned. And it is um, written in English. And then there's Braille underneath it. And then there's ASL underneath it as well. I love that so So, much. And however any child accesses communication, they can, you know, see that they're welcome at this park. Right. Oh, that's so great. So tell us a little bit about Ellie's friend Colton. Ellie and her little friend Colton are the cutest little duo. Colton's mom actually works for the park district and she helped um, build and construct this playground. And Colton also has attended the inclusive preschool that the park district puts on. So I always say that Colton has been raised with inclusion in his blood. So it was no shock to me that him he befriended Ellie so quickly. And the first time that they met, he just looked at her and said, I really love your wheels. Oh my goodness. Made me cry right there. So (laughs) Ellie and Colton before this playground opened had no place to play alongside of each other because nothing was wheelchair accessible. If Colton went up to the second story of a playground, Ellie couldn't follow him because there's no way for her to get up there. So now that this, playground is open Colton's favorite thing to do is to take Ellie by herself and I have to let my um mom you know helicopter guard down yes my my (laughs) guard down and let her go with her friend and not be you know hovering and micromanaging her Um, so Colton loves to push her onto the second story and then spin her in circles in the opening of the second story which is pretty high off the ground but Another big part of this playground is that I feel completely safe with her on the second story because each opening on the second story that opens to the ground has a transfer station, which is like a big step. So if Colton were to push Ellie, you know, try to push Ellie down the slide because he does, you know, he's just thinking Ellie wants to go down the slide. Um, I'm going to take her. Yeah, I'm going to take her. <laughs> if he went to like push her down a slide, um, she would be stopped because there's this big step. So she could not fall off of the second story or be pushed off, um, whether on purpose or on accident. So I feel completely (laughs) safe with, with Colton taking her up there. But, um, one of my favorite stories about the two of them was when the park opened and there was a lot of, you know, news and media there covering the park and Ellie had just had hip surgery and had to, um, she was in casts and her legs and her hips. And 
Colton really wanted to play with her. And so I explained how Ellie has to lay down. Ellie can't sit up. Ellie can't walk right now. She has to stay in her chair. Um, and so he ran around to every little feature of the playground and figured out what she could go on within, Aww. you know, the ramifications of what she was allowed to do. So he decided that they could go on the saucer swing. So I picked up Ellie and laid her down on this big round saucer swing and Colton pushed her. And then at one so point, sweet. Colton wanted to get on the swing with her. And so he went over to another little boy and said, can you come over here and push us? Because I want to go on. <laughs> so the oh two of them gosh. were laying there and another boy so came over sweet. and pushed them um, on the swing together. So the playground allows Colton and Ellie to finally play right alongside each other without any boundaries. That's so great. What a great thing you did, Rebecca. Um, if you could tell one mom who has a typical child, what would you tell her the best way to teach her children to be inclusive on a playground setting would be? I would say just say hi. I know that's, you know, break the barrier, cheesy, go say hi. Yes. Yeah, introduce yourself. And yes. Go and introduce yourself. And I think some of that, uh, starts with parents modeling. Like I yes. would love a mom to come over and kind of almost bring her child over and say, you know, say, look at this little girl. Like, isn't her wheel so cool? Or do you want to say hi to her? Um, but I think some of that does come from the parents because not a lot of kids are bold enough like Colton I think so too to um like come up to Ellie because she you know has leg braces and is in a chair and that is sometimes the first things that kids see about her um whereas if a parent comes over and introduces Ellie to their child and first starts talking about all of the awesome things about her like yes, you know right. her clothes or her hair bow or her smile that kind of breaks the ice and shows the child that you know, Ellie is just like any other kid. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Just definitely modeling for our kids. It is. You know? And I think it's breaking that barrier because sometimes I feel like as parents, we sometimes are a little afraid to step out of that box. Um, but the, the feedback and the love that other parents with typically functioning children, like parents like us with kids with different abilities it's just makes me feel so happy to just see other kids making that effort and wanting to play and complimenting her on her wheels or even her shoes or anything it just makes such a difference because our kids want to feel loved too so Rebecca I would like to ask you about the toys that you build I know I see on your Instagram all of the time the functionable toys that you make for Ellie so I just want to know what made you get started in doing those things I've seen that you've made her a swing I know that you make her adaptive toys with her Moana I know that you make her Peppa Pig adaptive toys so please tell me how you got started in that all of this got started because actually there was a woman um, named Jen who reached out to me on Instagram and said that she is an assistive tech specialist um, in Maine. And this is when mm -hmm. Ellie and I were living in Ghana. And she had just kind of been captivated by Ellie and our story and wanted to help out. And so she sent a huge box, I mean, the size of a table full of adaptive toys and communication systems and communication devices um, to my parents' house in Chicago, and then somebody brought them over to Ghana. And that was when I really realized, you know, how much Ellie can do um, because of these, these things that Jen had sent for her. Um, so that kind of opened my eyes to the world of adaptive toys. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so then Jen taught me different tips here and there of how I can take toys off the shelf at Target or Walmart and then make them adapted for Ellie. Because of her um, fine motor challenges, she uh, you just can't pick up a toy off the shelf and she will be able to use it. But there are some easy, simple ways to adapt a lot of toys. And one of the easiest ways to adapt a toy, say you have um, a bubble blower that has an on-off switch, you can buy something called a battery interrupter, which basically stops the flow from the battery and reroutes it to a switch that a kid can push down. And they're $15 on Amazon. So you can take a bubble machine and you put the battery on interrupter in and then connect it to a switch and now suddenly a child like ellie um who couldn't push down that little switch on a bubble machine can hit um a big kind of looks like a pancake switch um to turn on a toy all by herself and that just opens up you know her entire world and i think that adaptive toys actually bring about a ton of inclusion because yes. what yes. kid wouldn't want to play with Ellie? Because she is a cool bubble machine. Like, <laughs> and she can right. turn it on and off herself. Right. She can That's do everything herself and waste like yes. $1,000 of bubble soap. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that is one of my go-to adaptive toys is the bubble That's machine. a great um, idea. Yeah. Can you give us an example? So um, Ashley mentioned Peppa Pig. Like what did you do with Peppa Pig? So there, Ellie loves Peppa Pig, and she watches it in Spanish, even though I don't know where she she learned Spanish or has an interest in Spanish. So um, she, there are like those little Peppa Pig figurines, which are maybe three inches tall. And because Ellie doesn't have full functional use of her hands, it's not like she can, you know, reach down and grab this Peppa to play, you know, imaginative play. So what I did was I added a ring on top of Peppa's head and super glued it there. So then Ellie can hold on to this ring and ha- still have Peppa in her hand. And then she can That's move great. her arms to be able to play imaginative play and put Peppa in the car or stomp in the muddy puddles or, you know, whatever Peppa does. Um <laughs> So finding easy, simple ways to take toys and make them accessible for kids like Ellie or and any other kid. That's so great. And you make it sound like it's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Do you just have like a hot glue gun? She, she has you a hot too. glue gun. She's got a whole <laughs> supply room full of things for adaptive toys. Yeah. YouTube yeah. and Google and tutorials. Um, yeah. And trial but by But don't error. you do your own tutorials too? Maybe. That would be cool. <laughs> I think you should start that. That would be awesome. Open up like an adaptive toy shop. Yes. Yes. Because do you know how many parents need that? Because the price of adaptive toys is ridiculous. Like if you go on to any. It really is. There are these like spinning bells that Ellie loves that you um, push a button. She holds down a switch and the bells spin and makes this really loud noise. And on the website, it's $250. What? For a spinning bell toy. And so I figured out with the help of my brother who does engineering how to DIY hack my own and only spent $50. Oh That's my great. gosh, genius. So like you DIY hacked the swing as well for her that I believe your dad built for her, right? Yeah, my dad built that swing, which we found the tutorial online and then went to Home Depot and figured out what what we needed. And she uses it almost every day and it's just hanging in the middle of our bedroom, <laughs> a big platform <laughs> swing. 
But hey, it's worth it because that's what makes her happy. Yes, that's great. totally. We'll make our house into an adaptive playground. Yes. <laughs> so if you could give one piece of advice to moms who want to get an inclusive playground built in their city, what would you say? If you want an inclusive playground in your city, first, raise your voice and raise it really loud because inclusive playgrounds are very expensive. There's no doubt about it. Ours was $1 million. Um, but your taxpayer dollars go into things like the park district and the park district has to listen to the taxpayers and what they want. So if you um, can band together with other moms, whether they have children with special needs or not, and say kind of demand, we want an inclusive playground, um, I think you can make it happen because it's very, very, very important for all children to be able to play right next to each other. I love how they did the fundraising on the back end instead of saying, oh, we're going to have to wait till we raise a million dollars and then start building because then Ellie would be an adult. <laughs> right. If we waited for that to happen. A lot of money. No, that's raise. a lot of money. But I think it starts a movement. So like the, the park district where this playground is built, they first started um, with their inclusive preschool and then they moved on to the inclusive park. And now they just redid their entire swimming facility for an inclusive locker room. So they have four completely ADA accessible showers and they're adding in adult size changing tables to them. Um, They're adding, you know, new switch buttons on the doors to open and close them where it's needed. So it just starts, starts the ball and then it keeps rolling from there. So they're really, this park district is amazing and embodying inclusion in every single aspect. And Ellie is having the time of her life being able to swim and play at the park and do all these things that weren't possible before. I love how they are paving the way for such an inclusive world. It's amazing. I mean, it sounds silly that they only have four showers that are ADA, you know, um, approved, but four is better than none. So at least it's a start in the right right direction of where we want to go. And I'm not having to change my daughter on the floor. On the floor. Or, yes. Um, I have a private space and she, you know, is able to sit on the bench in the shower and, you know, wash off after going in the pool. So one step at a time. It all can't happen at once, but little things do make a difference. My next push for them is for them to start um, hiring people with disabilities to work at the park district. Yes. Yes, girl. I love how you already have a plan in place for your next. (laughs) Because I want Ellie to have opportunities. That would be awesome if she worked at this park district when she was older. (laughs) Because how big of a voice would Ellie be? Ellie would tell them, you know, like, this works for me. This doesn't work for me. This works for my friends. This doesn't work. And that's so great to have their voices included as well. Oh, yeah. She would... She would be very She would loud. tell them. Yes, she would. <laughs> she, she's not afraid of telling no. people what she wants and doesn't want. And, and I love that about her because she knows. Yep. But that's we should be listening to our kids and those we with should. disabilities. Because yes. I, as an able-bodied person, will not experience the world n- nowhere near in the same way that they're experiencing the world. And it's not my place or right to say what will work and will not work with them. All right, well, we're going to take a quick moment to hear from one of our sponsors. When she's not hosting Advocate Like a Mother podcast, Michelle Sullivan also owns Littlest Warrior Apparel. Littlest Warrior was inspired by her son, Eli, 
Eli has had several procedures including open heart surgery during his first year of life. Eli also happens to have Down syndrome. After his heart surgery, she was looking to connect with other moms who have kids with special needs and she thought t-shirts would be a fun way to interact. She started designing tees and Littlest Warrior was born and quickly grew. She loves that her tees are conversation starters and that's a great way to spread awareness. Shop now and use your voice with Littlest Warrior apparel at littlestwarrior.com. Don't forget to grab your Advocate Like a Mother tee and use the promo code ADVOCATE at checkout for a 10% discount today. Thanks for shopping. Okay, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this was so great to talk about um, just the impact you and Ellie have had um, on this amazing park where everyone can play and no one's left on the sidelines. Um, what are some ways that people can find you on social media? You can follow Ellie and I on Instagram at Life with Ellie Girl. We're posting all the time there um, about all the things that we're up to. And our blog is lifewitheliegrace.com. Thanks, Rebecca, for being here today and taking time out of your day to talk to us about your amazing inclusive park. And we hope to hear from you again soon. Yeah. Thanks, Rebecca. Anytime. Bye. Wow, that was so great hearing from Rebecca, just all that she's doing to advocate for Ellie to be able to play with her peers. Yes, and to play freely and to not have any um, roadblocks that right. block her from going up to the second story or so from great. being on the swing with her typical functioning peer. Yeah. I mean, that just makes my heart so warm. Right. And as she was telling us about AccessiblePlayground.net, you know, we're over here looking through some of these parks and I see some of these parks on here and they're not fully ADA accessible. Um, they may say that they are, but when it comes to it, to be ADA friendly and to get your wheelchair on there or to go up to the second story, things like this, I don't feel like there's too many of them around here in Orange County for us. And right. I feel like that's something that we maybe need to abdicate for oh, in for the next sure. coming years. Yeah. Because I feel like it's something that's very important to kids Definitely. that we all learn how to play together. And this, a park is a great place to bring all the kids together. Right. Imagine a splash pad. Oh, that'd be so cool. A splash pad would be like my kids' dream. Well, you've taken Ryder to one right yes the uh the splash pad that's accessible was in arizona, arizona and that, okay. yes so and that was here. completely accessible my friend lives there with her daughter and it was just as she said with the foamy floor floor <laughs> yes um i don't know the right language for that i don't know the word but um with the foamy floor his wheelchair could literally go through everything that's great um and there was uh, lots of uh, water on the floor. So if you're you know, closer to the floor, you can still touch it. And all of the, um, there was also a gate, which was great because yeah. Harper couldn't run out because she is a runner. And that makes me scared to go to the park because not only do I have to worry about Ryder being accessible, I also have to worry about my other child right. who's going to run away. Yeah. So that makes me not want to go to the park right. as their mom and not experience these joys in life because there's just so many safety issues that come with it right. and it's kind of on the border of wanting to take the risk and not wanting to take the risk right definitely I love how they included Rebecca in the building process yes. and asked her multiple her times input. that's love amazing that so and I love that Ellie actually got to go try it yes. and say like this doesn't work right. for me and this does work for me because personally I feel like they need to hear from our children who yes. have the disabilities not from us able-bodied people right. because a lot of things do work for us sidewalks curbs things right. like that those don't work for people in wheelchairs walkers people who are blind 
So I love the fact that they actually did involve Ellie and not just ask for Rebecca's opinion. Because I feel like that's big. A lot of people, I feel like in all this industry, they only want to talk to the parents and they don't really want to include the children, Mm -hmm. which I feel like they're doing it all wrong. No offense. They shouldn't really be talking to us at all. They should really be asking our children everything because they're the ones who need this, not us. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you had a uh, experience with a friend who had um, to go to the city. Yes, for the sidewalk of her um, home, she walks her daughter to school because her daughter is in a wheelchair and it's a lot more convenient for her to um, walk her child to school. There was no ramp access anywhere to the park and to the back gates of the school, which I feel like is a little absurd for a school that has a special needs class. Right. Because you would think that the school needs to be accessible, but it's not. She would have to walk in the middle of the street every what? single day. Yes, and she has two children, one in a wheelchair and one that's a baby. Like where cars go. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> um, where cars were pulling in and out of the street all day long, driving fast down the residential streets. Um, the only other option was to try to lift the wheelchair onto the high curb without uh-huh. tilting her daughter over My every goodness. single day. Um, so she actually emailed the city in 2016, got a response that they would look and assess the situation. She emailed again in 2017, one year later, oh and uh, was finally called by the city planner to call, to discuss the matter. Um, I remember that he came out, he unchained the maintenance driveway so that she could actually access it. Uh, she said it was a temporary solution and it did kind of help, but it still wasn't a permanent solution. Right. Um, 2018, still no work on the sidewalks. Uh, She's called the city planner. She's emailed. She's followed up. And they said that they will put it in their budget and make it happen in the next several months. So she's been working on this since 2016. And her daughter is about to transfer to another school because now she's too old to go there. (laughs) And it's just all this work. It's... It's not ideal. It's difficult. It's hard to walk with your daughter. Imagine in a wheelchair in the middle of the street. That's very scary. It's just not an ideal situation. And I really wish that the city would take us more serious because we're not doing this to be a pain. We're not doing this to inconvenience other people. You actually are inconveniencing us. We live here. We pay taxes to live here. I feel like you should accommodate us a little bit more. She's not asking for the million dollar playground. She's just asking them to fix the damn sidewalk. So she doesn't have to endanger her and And her children walking in the street. Because that's That's not fair. Her daughter still needs an education. You know what I'm saying? And so the alternative is to pack the kid up, but it's just not... It's just not worth it. Yeah. It's just. Wow. It's so crazy. It is. I just, I, it blows my mind that sometimes I feel like they just don't really even care. Yeah. Unless you're really abdicating, really bothering them, really have even multiple people behind you saying the same thing, because maybe there's not other people that need to access that same sidewalk in her neighborhood. Maybe that's why they're just putting it on the back burner, but it just really makes me frustrated. Yeah. I wish that we could change these things and make it better for us parents because honestly at the end of the day this is not something that we should be stressing over we should we have so many things to stress over why are we stressing over a sidewalk that you should have fixed the first time that she asked right two years ago yes wow it's ridiculous and there's no excuse for it Mm -mm. there's none i'm actually probably going to go to the city after this and tell them something about (laughs) it because remember just mm, a month ago i had posted on my instagram that we went to a therapy center and it was not accessible to us and literally they said oh well I'm sorry you're not gonna be able to fit that in here and I said what like, I'm sorry we're gonna leave now because this you need to be ADA compliant and it blows my mind that a therapy center is not right. ADA compliant like how is that even logical 
it, it it's just I've right. never experienced it, but there's a first time for everything. And then how does that work? Like, do you, can you go to the city and say, look, this therapy center was not yes. accessible to my son. Yes. And, and I then, told and our city, uh, the city's working on it to make okay. it accessible. The whole okay. uh, community of buildings is not accessible. They all have stairs and steps to get into them. I don't know why they didn't think of this logic before placing them in there, right. but um, they are working on it. But as That's you see, good. it takes a long right. time. And we told our insurance as well. I'm like, I'm not going to go to this place because if I have both of my children, it's just not convenient for me. Right. And it's just not fair. I just feel like then I just start feeling like maybe we don't belong here. Like maybe we're not supposed to be doing all of this. And it just makes you feel so disheartened as a mom. Like we should be able to access right. everything. Right. easily and not have to lift our children up in wheelchairs the wheelchair weighs over a hundred pounds alone wow. with a child in it and another child it's almost next to impossible right and i think the thing that you know places don't think about is it just creates more of a headache for you you yes. have to go to your insurance now it's all on your shoulders it sadly is. it is you know and it shouldn't be like that no. but it is and honestly at the end of the day it's just an extra stress because right. now we have to start the process all over again yeah. because you weren't compliant and right. which really I, I don't understand right I still don't understand yeah oh my goodness okay well that was a great show it um, really was a great show so awesome talking to Rebecca about all the awesome thing that she's th things that she's doing and yes. you know just it makes me want to abdicate so yes. hard because I feel like I'm kind of like lazy compared to her not even lazy but just like the toys everything I when I saw her making the toys I'm like oh my word you are my inspiration yeah. like you went to another country and you adopted your daughter and you're doing all these amazing things look at this park you built for her and now you're gonna push for her to work at the yeah. community I mean like that just makes me so happy I love that she has a plan in place for yes. her next yes. thing she's, she's like gonna she's gonna work for. here now yeah. <laughs> you could just so already great. keep writing her the paycheck to Miss Ellie <laughs> right <laughs> Thanks so much for listening today. As always, go to advocatelikeamother.org and sign up for our mailing list. Follow us on social media, Advocate Like a Mother. Please subscribe to Advocate Like a Mother and review us on iTunes. Thanks again, friends. Bye, friends.